All right, want to welcome you back to the Tip of the Tower podcast. Uh, unfortunately, today won't be as exciting because we don't have Chris Johnson on, but um, we will. Austin and I will do our best to uh, stuck with me. Yeah, we're 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 stuck. You're just stuck with the two of us. So we'll we'll do our best to fill in uh, fill in for CJ, who was a great guest. It was a great episode. I think it was uh, one of our higher. I mean, probably one of the highest of this year i mean we've only done we haven't done as many in 2019 but in terms of the two podcasts we've done this year that was the highest yeah i would say that was probably our highest one uh <laughs> so i want to thank all you guys for that uh it's funny because we thought you know the muzzin trade and we kind of thought things were going to just you know either stay level or not be as exciting from then on and oh boy oh boy did it get exciting um before before we get into that, Austin, I want to say hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fantastic today. How are you? I'm not too bad. Just dealing with this uh, really really cold uh, wind outside, and the fact nice. that my driveway is a skating rink. Like yeah, people, bring, bring your skates. You can come skate on my driveway. Five dollars. Yeah, I'll charge you. But same free. Exactly. Nothing. Um. Free. No, I'm good. I. Uh... We I told you before we were on saw the Marlies the other day, so lost to Belleville, but they're starting they've been to get doing a, a little bit of losing lately. They're starting to get healthy though. I, from what I'm hearing, it's yeah, it's been tough going for them with the with the injuries. Uh, to uh, at the second intermission, I talked to Mike Stevens, who's a buddy of both of ours, and we sort of ran through uh, just what the team's going through. I completely forgot Carl Grunstrom wasn't on the team anymore. There's another guy wearing number two. Um, was Grunstrom wearing number two? Sorry, not number two, number okay. ten. Number ten, okay. Um, I thought McPherson Brooks was wearing, wearing it, the oh. AHL trade candidate they just got for a guy, Sam Jardine. Yes, Jardine. Or Sorry. I feel like Jardine was playing. Jardine uh, was sent to the Growlers, apparently. Oh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was LeBlanc then. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, it was a uh, 7-6 OT loss for the Marlies. Anything they, but uh, exciting. Uh, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't even – it was the defense that was not great. They didn't have Lilligar in the lineup. They didn't have Sandin. A um, couple of mistakes. I mean, just is what it is. Uh, Hutchison played pretty good. You can't really blame him on a lot of those shots. A lot of them were uh, cross-crease backdoor plays and – just as what it is. Um, but the Marlies ended up tying. They were down, what would it have been, 6-4 going into the third, and they tied it with two goals from Andreas Borgman. And, oh, Frank Corrado scored the game-tying oh, goal. Oh, yeah, I forgot you mentioned that. Or the other way around, one of the two. Frank Corrado scored a third-period goal to get the Leafs into, or the Marlies into a tie. And I completely forgot he was on the team until I showed up at the rink. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's been pretty low-key, the Frank Corrado r- uprising through the Marlies. Yeah. But, but uh, Jeremy Bracco looks great. Uh, Trevor Moore looks great. Pierre Engvall, as I, I'm a big fan of him, so always keep an eye out for him when I'm at the how, uh, how games. Long... And, yeah, they are, uh, they're good. Brooks? They just need to figure out the goaltending and D issues. How about Adam Brooks? That's a guy I've been curious about this season. I forget what line he was playing with, but he was good. He just uh, the lines are all jumbled because Mason Marchment's also out with an injury. So 
Exp- I heard it's a pretty gruesome one. He's going to be out for the next two to three he, months. He's going to be out for a while, probably gone for the year. Maybe if they make it far enough in playoffs, he could play, but who knows? Um, but yeah, he Brooks looked good. Uh, I don't remember if he scored a lot. I know uh, Chris Mueller looked good, but he's just an AHL body. He's not an NHL candidate, I wouldn't think, unless the Leafs were really desperate. And uh, Kelly Rosen looked pretty good. I uh, I liked him. He's a guy that's pro- going to be up with the Leafs next year, so kept an eye on him. Well, the Leafs, uh, Leafs had some things going on. Um, <laughs> they had a thing or two going on, yes. I, I find it... I don't know the perfect word to describe it. It's very Toronto-esque that... Even when things are going right, you still find a way to spin a negative on it. Yep. I'm not saying you. I mean, like people <laughs> find a way to spin a negative on it, I should say. But the Leafs signed Austin Matthews to a five-year extension. Yep. Now, the diehards, the you know, real like the the fans that bleed blue and white, good part of them were just like awesome. You know, Austin's staying. He's you know he they sign big big load off their off their shoulders. Then you get the the uh, the group that was like, well, why didn't they get him signed to eight? Why didn't they sign him to six? Why is he getting eleven point six? And I'm just thinking, this Leafs team has been dealing with absolute mediocrity. From, let's say, past the lockout. For a while. Let's say from 2006 until, let's face it, it started, everything started getting on the <laughs> right path when Matthews was drafted in 2016. I think it was a tweet I sent you in our group chat that one of, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but somebody said, People complaining about the Matthews years certainly weren't Leaf fans or weren't watching the team in 2009. It's like, yep. You remember Jason Blake? I do. That guy was our best player before Phil Kessel. Do you remember Michael Pekka? I do. Do you remember Mike Komisarek? Jeff Finger? You remember when our first line was Nick Antropov and Nick Alexei Ponikarowski with Matt Sundin? I do. Poor Matts. And when Michael Renberg and Robert Reichel were with Matt Sundin before that, I do. It it, it just astounds me. Now, I'm not pick, looking to pick a fight with Leafs Nation. because that's, I'm, that's, I'm looking to pick a fight with stupid people in Leafs Nation. It's just, look, the Leafs, people, people are like, oh, the Leafs don't have a cap. Like, the Leafs have, don't have a cap issue. They have some... Things they need to work out with their salary cap to make everything work. The the cap issue. You know who has a cap issue right now? The Tampa Bay Lightning. The Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Uh, no, you know who could run into a problem as well is uh, Winnipeg. I was just about to say Winnipeg. Because I didn't realize they have Connor, Truba, and Line A all up this year. That's going to cost them a penny. <laughs> Um, I, I think Liney might have cost himself money. He might be looking. Oh, absolutely. To re- He's not going to get what going into the season. He was in the $10 million conversation for sure. Um, Cause I... he, he was putting up Ovechkin type gold numbers. I just look at 
Um, there are teams right now, like uh, uh, the Oilers are one I wanted to bring up because Sakara is supposed to come back, but they have eighty. They have uh, current cap space is at four million. Last yep. time I checked, Sakara costs more than four million. Yep. So does Chris Russell. Oh. Who got shoved face first into a uh, goalpost yesterday, which was really ugly. Yeah, that was not that fun. Yeah, that was. Uh, there was a couple interesting plays in that Oilers game, but uh, I, I don't know. The Oilers, <laughs> they're just an interesting situation in itself. Yeah. So Peter Shirelli ran that team into the ground, and there. Some people think they're going to take another five years to get back to where they were. Like, Oy. or back to where they need to be, I should say. Oy vey. That's crazy, considering they've been rebuilding since 2006. Like, you know, it's funny that people bring up, oh, the, you know, Conor McDavid got an eight-year extension. Well, guess what? In those eight years, they're going to spend most of it trying to fix up this, this, like, this. They're going to spend most of it just throwing random rookies and entry-level deals at them and hoping it works like Sidney Crosby. Yeah. When he just takes on two random AHL like fourth liners and they score twenty points in two months, like Sidney Crosby got Jake Gensel a contract because Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel played with Sidney Crosby in his rookie year, and just he was been flying ever since. I I just you know I nobody just, knew who he was before he was with Crosby. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Tampa's uh, Tampa Bay's salary cap. Look, they'll they'll still fit Panarin and Bobrovsky under for like, they'll sign entry level deals in free agency or some bullshit like seven hundred k. How come I don't see Kucherov here? Uh, his contract probably doesn't kick in until next season. Okay, or he's not on the roster at all. Oh no, he's right here. He's got yeah. So the so Kucherov's nine point five carat um, picks up next season. Yanni Gord's five point one six six. Extension kicks in next year. They have, uh, based on what Cap Friendly is telling me, they will have projected cap space is $6 million with 16 players signed. That's not including, I don't think that includes the bonus that's probably going to come... Oh yeah, potential performance bonus. So I think they add that in. So six million dollars. They still need to sign Braden Point. Yeah. Um, Cedric Paquette, who's a big part of them. Three defensemen that are going to be UFA. So they only have. They'll need to sign at least. They'll need to sign three defense because they'll have four. Is Circachev up this year? He's up next year. They don't have. Oh, okay. Strawman will probably be gone. So this could be like them filling it in with uh, rookies, but you lose Strawman, you lose Coburn, you lose Girardi. Girardi's a pretty good guy to lose, to be honest. Yeah. And then two years from now, they have Andre Vasilevsky, who's going to be up. Yeah, and he's going to get... Oh, I, I'd say he if Carey Price is getting 10, he's definitely demanding Carey Price money. Yeah, and Bobrovsky's contract will play into that too. Oh, absolutely. So... I mean, who are the other? Those are the big name goalies that are up in the next couple of years. Although I'm not convinced that Bobrovsky should be getting a massive deal. Am I? Am Bobrovsky, I as a person who owns him in fantasy, Bobrovsky has been nothing short of inconsistent, to say the least, this year. 
He has not earned his contract. He's almost lost the job to Corpusalo. He has lost the job on multiple occasions, especially since he pulled that stunt where he didn't come back to the bench after being pulled. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, it's funny. The Leafs issue right now really isn't a big issue. Like, no, the, the most fun is going to be watching Columbus during the deadline. Oh, Columbus and Ottawa. The news broke today that Bobrovsky and Panarin have the same agent now. Uh, Panarin signed with, or I forget which one. One of them signed with the other's agent. Um, Panarin is signing with Bobrovsky's agent, so Milstein is gone. So now they, gone. they think he's going to be a they're going to be a package deal in free agency. Well, it'll make it easier if that's what they want to do. I I've never liked that. That's like a what Prezi and uh, yeah, Suter did. And Suter did. I'm not as big on that because then you really limit your market but if they think they have a, a team that's interested in them go by all means yeah when there's another team uh, LA is going to be in a lot of trouble especially for a team that's rebuilding they have a lot of money that needs to come off the books it, it, there's a like really if you think about it, the Leafs and I'm going to bring this back to the Leafs for, uh, now because when you look at the Leafs salary cap for next season, um, projection wise, cap friendly says they'll have uh, 7.5 million. No, that's not right. Oh, no, but that's based on a 7.79.5. Yeah, so, so the cap's supposed to go up by about 2 million, give or take. So 83. Um, and I believe Nathan Horn is still technically on the cap next year. So Yeah, adding- I think next season's his last year. You're add, yeah, you're adding that to it as well. Um, so the way I see it, I, I think the uh, – you know what? I'm going to look up a recent – because Luke Fox just wrote a piece for Sportsnet about the Leafs cap crunch. It's a cap crunch. It's not a cap issue. It's just they really have to figure things out. Uh, yeah. da, 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 da. I think he writes about it here. Sorry, this article had just come out recently. Um, They have cheap contracts that will help them um, in the long run. I'm just trying to see. Uh, I can't really, I can't really tell. But I think the the when you look at it, Matthews will get eleven point his eleven point six three four. Yeah. Now my thoughts on that is, would I've liked for it to be six years? Yeah. Getting that extra year would be great. Am I thrilled about it being 11.634? Not really. But when I really think about it, it just means you're paying your best player. You're making sure your best player is taken care of. Because I find that teams who were the star players take money, like they, they give up. Like I think McDavid gave back, I think, what, half a million to a million off his deal. Per year. It was supposed to be like 13 and a half to 14, somewhere around there. And he decided no because they wanted to get dry sidle done. Yeah. It only makes sense to do that in the case where, you, yes, you need to get a Mitch Marner sign. But if you're spreading that money to the third, fourth line guys, it makes no sense. Yes, you nope. need to build a team, but you also don't want to be overspending on your third and fourth line, which has been an issue the Leafs have been going through the last little while. And we're just talking about Marner. The <laughs> the biggest issue for me was what Brian Burke and Doug McLean brought up 
on headlines the other night or was it headlines or it was just, just an intermission same, yeah um oh yeah they're not on headlines so that, that was a great that was a great banter by the way i still haven't seen the back and forth the only oh. thing i took from that was they think they've now moved on to the captain and Janssen signing offer sheets portion of the Leafs well, season and i get that no it's you know what it is it's just like what would compel the Leafs not to match that offer sheet well, if somebody offers Kapanen five, are you taking? Are you absolutely? Signing that? You're signing that offer sheet. What is what is offer sheet compensation? Um, I think that would be a second round pick. Mm, hold on. I th- um or uh, four million, I think is. Now you got. I used to know this off the top of my brain because of how many offer sheets were being talked about. So if this was Kapanen for what? Uh, what would be a deal for five five mil? You think, uh, like term wise? No, no more than three or four years. So let's go three years, five mil. Sorry, I'm just using. If you go with the four to six million, it's a first round pick and a third round pick. And the team, the teams that almost every team in the league can do that. Except for Buffalo, Columbus, and San Jose, based on cap friendly, they have a an offer sheet calculator here. That's yeah, that's what I'm looking at. So first and a third for Capitan in this. Well, no, it wouldn't be this draft because it'd be after uh, the draft is done. But yeah, they would sign it in the free agency. Yeah, so the Leafs would have two firsts, two thirds, unless I'm forgetting if they toss a third off in a trade for 2020. Yeah, I mean. If so, if somebody's willing to give Kapanen the five million, he signs it. Look, the Leafs aren't giving him five mil. No, no, no. I'm just saying, if somebody were to offer him, let's say Carolina, instead of wanting to pay Furlan the five or four or five million, they decide Kapanen is the guy. Yeah. Would you not take that first and third from Carolina? <sighs> I would consider it for five million. I, I, the Leafs couldn't take Kapanen at five million. No. There's no way. So yes, you would take the compensation in that. If it was say, maybe two to three million on an offer sheet, I mean, I think the Leafs already make that deal to Captain. The Leafs would get that done. I I yeah. think it's the it's when it starts getting to the four and a half to five, that's where you really need to think about it. Yeah, those are that's the those are the type of contracts that really break your cap situation. Yeah, and Captain is a great player, but. It's not, he has not your proved... Marners and your Matthews and your Taveras that are taking up the cap. It's and guys he... like Ron Hainsey. To an extent, it's like Patrick Marlowe, but you signed that deal and he had a great season last year. But he's making six two five. I mean, you just got to look at the stats and what it is. Um, your Jake Gardner's, your Nikita Zaitsev's, those are the guys that aren't exactly thriving right now. They're playing okay, but they're making a lot of money for not the amount of production that you're wanting from them. No, and and this is what happened to Chicago. This is what happened to L.A. This is what happened to... The only team it hasn't happened to is Pittsburgh, if you think about it. Well, they had to... They're trying to move Kessel now, aren't they? Because they signed Gensel's deal. They signed Gensel to an extension. Kessel's been a talk for a while. I think he only has, what, two years left on his deal? Just take on Phil Kessel. I'll take him back. That would be a circus. I love it. Oh, uh, I don't they know. They don't have the cap to do that. I just don't think Phil would ever want. I mean, no, absolutely not. I don't even know if Phil has a trade uh, clause. I don't think. 
Let me see here. Phil he probably Kessel, has a modified. You know, he has a modified no trade, and he has a no movement clause. So it's an eight-team, pretty much an eight-team trade list, and you'll probably put teams that it's a smart option that some team players do is they put teams that they know Pittsburgh cannot trade them to. So they'll put like, like Toronto, like they'll give them teams, like teams to trade to like teams that don't have the cap room and wouldn't do it. Mm. Um, I, I just think when you're, when you look at how some teams like Pittsburgh has kept it going because they've been smart with their contracts below Malcolm. Now look, this is my best one. This is my favorite argument. Crosby and Malkin are making eight point. I think Mal Crosby's at an eight point seven million dollar cap hit. Hold on, I just had Pittsburgh's up too. Hold on, he's at eight point seven million because he signed. Yeah, he signed his number. Well, it's always hilarious to me with hockey players. Is didn't McDavid have a nine seven in his contract? Uh, Matthews has the three four in his contract. He does. Just, it's just a cheesy thing that hockey players have done. I don't even so. think they. That was the reason they did. It. I think it just. It's a. It's a very good coincidence. Yes, that's. Like Sidney Crosby signed an eight point seven million contract. Uh, okay, so here Sydney I got Crosby's also. I mean, it was a large cap at the time. I th- I know where you're going with this, so I'll. There's talk. The, okay, look when. So I'm just bringing up both the contracts right now, just to make it easier for me to make this argument. Because it won't be if I do it. So, if Genny Malkin signed his deal after uh, the 2012-2013 lockout. Okay. Um, so, this is when the eight-year clause kicked in. Crosby. And what was the, was it 11-12? I'm sorry to cut you off. 11-12 was the season Crosby got injured and Malkin just took over, wasn't it? Uh, I can look up. Or was that the lockout season? I forget. So Crosby uh, made his full return. Okay, really, Kev Friendly? Now you're going to be a pain in the ass. Um, 20, until 2011-2012, yeah. That was when he played 22 games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, yeah. And Malkin, I think 2011-2012. Yeah, he had 109 points in 75 games. Yeah, that's the season he just blew up. I think that was his he heart. His year. heart. The season he won the heart. Oh, absolutely. He was an absolute menace that season. Yeah, I remember that game he played against Tampa Bay. He walked through like half the team and scored a goal. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> so Crosby signed his contract in, uh because his contract was signed before that lockout shortened year because his contract had expired. His last. 2012-2013. That was when he signed a year before he became a UFA. So he was eligible to sign for more than a year because the new CBA hadn't been drawn up yet. So Crosby signed a 12-year deal. We will never, ever see that in hockey again. I'm convinced. We will never see a contract. We won't, I don't even think we'll see eight-year contracts. So he signed a deal to stay in Pittsburgh for the rest of his career. Is basically the way to look at it. Yeah, he signed until 2025. He signed yeah. for another six years. Six. And years. then he, after that's done, if he's still in the league, he'll. I, he's already what 32. 31. He'll be so he'll 30. I think he's 30. He'll be 32 in August. He'll be 32 so leave him next at like season. 36. No, that'll leave him way later. 
Well, I said he had, what, six more years? So he'd be 38 at the end of his deal. So if he still wants to play, he could sign, like, a quick bridge deal for a little, like... He'll do what George Thornton's doing right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Um, but, I mean, yeah. that deal at the time was what the Matthews deal and Tavares deal is now in terms of taking up cap percentage. Yeah, so he signed a 12-year, $104 million contract, which ate up 13.53% of the cap. This is Sidney Crosby we're talking about here. We're talking about... This is the best player in the world. Best player in the world. Undoubtedly. And I still think he's one of, if not... He's a top five player in the world still. Yeah, he's top three in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 13.53 was the uh, cap percentage. That is what he's. Uh, that's what he's earning. Malkin signed after, because you know he a he wasn't eligible for an extension until after the lockout, so he lost out on the ability to get more years. Um, but with the less years he he signed, his cap hit went up to nine and a half because he got seventy six over eight, and at the time the cap hit percentage was 14.77. And I remember I had that stupid argument I made about how cap percentage wasn't like a big deal right, you know, at the time and like, you know, whatever they signed for should be equal value of money, but then you really think about it, if teams are, you know, if there's more cap space available to for teams to spend, why should they get a break on how much they pay their stars? Yeah, I'm starting to get that now. Really, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Matthews' deal comes in at five years, fifty-eight million. Cap hit percentage is fourteen point six three. So, here's the thing: it's less than it's less than uh, Malkins. Um, I'm not sure how it is with McDavid's. This is really something I should have put together. But this is just a thought I had. Um. Let's not forget that when Crosby signed his deal, as you mentioned, Austin, he was coming off potentially career-threatening concussion issues. Yeah, this is a guy that was a, that was a bad stretch of his career. That was like I people thought he was done, and then he comes back, scores a hatch. I think what a hatchet in his first game against the Islanders or something like that. Yeah, he's just just he's Sidney Crosby. Just remembering people, he's Sidney Crosby. Um. By the way, Connor McDavid's cap hit percentage is 16.67. So, 3% more, which in the cap era, that's significant. Sorry, two two more. Why did I say three? Three more than Crosby, two more than McDavid, uh, than Matthews. Um, this is where people need to realize. If for a city that has craved a superstar player like Matthews in Toronto, why are you complaining about how much your star player makes? If you're a Blue Jays fan, you were killing, you were ki- dead inside when you saw Josh Donaldson traded for a player to be named later. I mean, Donaldson's injuries made that an easier pill to swallow, in my opinion. But you saw a superstar player get traded. And it signaled the end of that. Now you're going to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. come up. And... Is anybody complaining about the DeRozan trade now that we've seen a fully healthy Kawhi Leonard play? Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, 
to be fair, most people are still complaining because they were loved DeRozan. But it's, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's so funny. So I was in the car when the uh, the Gazelle trade went through, and I was sitting with my mom, and, and oh, she had this was great. This was probably the this was so great because we were listening to the details on the Mark Gazelle trade, and people were like, oh, he has a twenty five million dollar option for next season, and my mom just went. $25 million? And and she, this I'm not lying. These were the next words. And Austin Matthews only got 11. My mother, who does not watch sport, like She'll watch it once in a while if I put on the TV. She'll see stuff on the news. She does not yeah. watch sports. She had the best take out of... Yep. Better takes than people on Twitter who watch the game every day. But that's that's the NBA. They can throw around yes that kind of money because they got that TV deal that gave them so much extra cap. We we are now seeing hockey players finally able to make this money type of money money that was never available to these players when the salary cap was implemented. I think before I the mean in cap. basketball, borderline six men are making. 15 to 20 million a season not even some are making eight and that's still too much like when you really think yeah. about it a superstar like matthews what he brings to toronto based on now i understand he gets endorsements and other stuff but that's the leafs aren't paying those endorsements they're delon Wright's going to be making more money next season than Sidney crosby wow yeah like people that's just how the hockey. cap works, though. The NBA has all that extra dough from the uh, the primetime deal, the hockey. TV. Hockey fans need to realize, ho- players, there, and and let's not forget, there's expenses, and I, I I'm of the belief that hockey players put in more time, training, preparing for the season, like the amount of work they put in, they are not justifiably paid enough. I understand the old school people think that 11 million is just a lot of money, especially for a guy who's 20, you know, in his early 20s. I get that. But when you look at the pressure that's put on these guys to perform, what they have what what is expected of them? Really, the Leafs Leafs are getting a bargain when you get a guy like Austin Matthews at 11 million. And then, you know, we heard the reports that he was potentially asking for 13 or 14 on an eight-year deal. My only thing I will say about the Matthews deal is I wish this was done in the summer. Hindsight, I wish it was done in the summer. I think Dubis understood that he was taking a risk by saying, you know what, let's see what Matthews does uh, start of the season. Matthews went you know, super Saiyan mode will bring a, the geek out in me and Dubas realize, okay, we have to pay the guy. Like this is like no more, no more fooling around now. No. And it's how many teams in this league are going to be falling over themselves to sign Matthews to that kind of money or to just have him for a season, let alone or just five. to have him on their team. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't think Arizona, I mean, Arizona, whether they can afford it, it's still, I don't know. But you don't think a team like Arizona, uh, Carolina, I'm trying to think, Columbus even, how many teams 
mid-market, lower-market teams wish they could have a player like Matthews. They would pay the money because of what he brings to that city. You know, they bring in the fans, the attention from the media, which means your team becomes more marketable. You'll get Just the, the jersey sales alone. Like, how many people own a Matthews jersey that are Leaf fans? I do. Well, usually the NHL brings out that the, like, most uh, – sales amongst jerseys too and most of them are leaf players like i wouldn't be surprised if jake muzzin took like at least a 50 percent spike in well, his jersey sales what happened would a real sports tweet out almost a half hour after the trade was done fresh off the press jake muzzin jerseys come and get them and i guarantee there's people buying them i was thinking about putting muzzin on the back of i have a blank leaf jersey right now well i told you who you should be putting on that one but we'll see if you oh, listen absolutely. to absolutely um, I I'm torn. You, no, we should put that to a vote on Twitter. Actually, maybe if you feel like having eight people vote. No offense, but that's no, that's fair. I don't have a lot of followers. I mean, I could try helping <laughs> out, but I don't know if I could. No, stuff like that is sort of like yeah. I never put polls out on Twitter because I know I'm just not going to get a response. It's just also whether or not people care enough to vote. Yeah, exactly. But but we digress. Um, I wanted to move on to then my next subject. Because they're intertwined, they are now connected. Um, man, Mitch Marner. How the narrative has kind of changed. Now there are fans who are still on the whole. You know, Mitch is um, like Mitch has a really good following. Matthews has a good following, but I think there's like a pocket of Leaf fans who still are on Mitch's side because, let's face it, he's a Toronto kid. If William Nylander's agent came out and said what Darren Ferris did, William Nylander would have been. What the hell would be happening right now in Toronto? Oh man, like William Nylander would have like. And he's technically he Canadian. Booed. Yeah, it's true. He's born, but he was he's a native of Sweden. He like ah, details. He was born in Canada, but he was. Uh, he's a good old Calgary kid. That's true. People, for, I I always forget that. I'm like, how did he ever end up being born in Calgary, out of all places? No offense I to guess. Calgary. I just I don't get where that <laughs> how that ever happened. How did that Michael Nylander never played in Calgary, did he? No, I don't think he ever played so in So they must Canada. have just been on the road and his wife went into labor. I don't know why your or wife they were would be vacationing <laughs> in Calgary, which maybe let me check. I don't remember Michael Nylander ever being in a Canadian city. No, the only I only remember playing for like uh, well, I guess Southeast Division would have been the old one, but Metropolitan Division teams. Well, New York like Washington Okay, let's see. He was... Oh, he was with Calgary. Wow. That's interesting. 65 games, then nine games, and he got traded to Tampa. He played for Tampa? Jesus. Yeah. Well, this is... Oh, wow. I really should be surprised the way... he played four years in Calgary. ...to negotiate contracts that he played for, like, 12 teams that I never knew about. Wait a minute. He was... So, he was drafted by Hartford, went to Calgary for for five years... Five years? Yeah, wow. but he didn't play a lot. He played 58 games. Sorry, 15 games, 6 games, 73 games, 65 games, 9 games. We're getting extremely off track here. Wow. <laughs> I know, but it's just... It's, I'm, the narrative it's, is the same. If this wasn't a Toronto-born kid. This would be... Like, fans would be irate. It's this funny. This was Kapanen's agent. If this was Janssen's agent. Matthews' uh, agent, even. Uh... In a certain degree, I don't know. 
I think just because he's North American, I think you get a pass. I think because he's the first overall pick, he would get a pass. Also, yes. And he's also Austin Matthews, so. Yeah. But you're you're if totally you, right. If somebody said that the Leafs were lowballing Austin Matthews, I'd say, yeah, you're probably right. Whatever you think Austin Matthews is worth, maybe offer him more. He's yeah. a good player. Good player. Good player. He's in, this is not even the prime of his career yet, people. The prime of his nope. career is going to be 24, 25. Like right now, John Tavares is in the prime of his career. Guess how long of a contract John Tavares signed with the New York Islanders? Pretty sure it was a six-year deal after his entry level. Like some some star players get it right. You know, he made a silly amount of money. He's like, making he, this. Didn't he make like five million or six? Yeah, five, just under like five and a half, I think. What a sweetheart deal for New York. And they did And they rewarded him by pissing away it. his prime. Nothing with that. You have your number one pick signed. Like, oh, it just, the, the Leafs, because what, what happens now in the NHL is these younger players are expected to do a lot more now than what these first these picks were asked to do way before. Because it, it took a little while for these first overall picks to get into the swing of things. Like Crosby was good right off the bat, but it took the team time to get to that competitive window. When Austin Matthews, and granted the Leafs already drafted Marner, Nylander as well, but as soon as Austin Matthews was, was, was here, in comes Freddie Anderson, in comes uh, Patrick yeah. Marlowe. In comes, like, the Leafs understood. We've got a guy that could really ascend us. This and is this is the piece. We're going to add Tavares. We're going to add Muzzin. We're going to add Kadri and Riley on these sweetheart deals to get him. I believe they signed those deals the same year they drafted Matthews, right? Uh, I believe the it was summer? the year before that. Okay. Um. Well, they knew they were getting a good player, and they signed Kadri and Riley to those deals, knowing they would be good. Is what I'm getting at. Because those were Lou's first contracts. Yeah. Those uh, are uh, Riley, especially this season. Whew. They were signed just before the World Cup of Hockey, actually. So that would have been 2016. Yeah. So they got Matthews, and then they signed two of their best players from their remaining core to good deals that would look fantastic after a couple of years and they've done just that it looked amazing i mean especially morgan riley like i don't think morgan, morgan riley Riley's... this season and nazim kadri the last two seasons in specifically yeah i think matt kadri's kind of taken a step back a little bit but i think that has more to do with the shuffling and more to like do that. with who he's playing with rather than right now just not being right now that line is buzzing with uh nylander and brown we know nazim kadri has horrible puck luck because of that one season he shot what seven percent yeah that was... I mean, he there's a he'll score thirty goals in two straight seasons. Nazem Kadri is the guy that would score two straight 30, 30 goal seasons, and then shoot under ten percent again, just to, just because. Exactly. He has he doesn't have luck. I I find it super convenient also that uh, Darren Ferris, who I remember Austin, I've been telling you you guys in this in these chats. I'm pretty sure I said on the podcast too. Watch out for this agent. He now I, I didn't understand the full, you know, background of his with the with Andreas Anthony and Josh Anderson, but when I heard him go on the I think it was the 
uh, full 60 with Scott Burnside. Is that right? Um, from the athletic Detroit Scott, if I got your last name wrong, I apologize, but he said, there's no chance that Mitch is signing a hometown discount. Like this. <laughs> the he, funniest thing to me in that, uh, for talking about the star article, yeah, that's where we're going to go next. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Then I'll get. No, to no, no. You, you, you go ahead. Because the funniest thing is it, him you're... saying that the Leafs essentially nickel and dimed Marner on the entry level deal, and then Marner did them a favor. It was like he and Neil Anderson signed the exact same deal in entry level. Matthews got more because he's a first overall pick, but it wasn't millions more. Matthews made like an extra hundred k more, which is big for any normal person. Yeah, but for a hockey for... player that's going to make. M- tens of millions of dollars in his career. It's not that terrible in the long run. And let's be real here. Did Marner suffer financially? I'm pretty sure he's... He made all that money back in Red Bull advertisements in his rookie season. Red Bull, intact insurance. Like, yeah. come on, guys. He's like, making money. If if people are feeling sorry for Mitch Marner because he didn't get his uh, the Schedule B bonuses that Matthews got, I think you need to pick a different fight. Like okay, yeah, exactly. is it is it fair that Matthews got more, the the bonuses? You know what? I think Lamarillo needed that was the fight he decided I'm not going to pick a fight with Matthews because if no. it comes out to say that the Leafs didn't want to give him those bonuses, it does not look good on the organization. Yeah, and it also just looks stupid if you're giving your fourth overall pick from another draft more money than a first overall pick. Yeah, and look, I I Matthews and Marner are the two best players on the Leafs. I'm still of the belief that Matthews is the best player on the Leafs. Absolutely. That's not a question, honestly. When Matthews is on, he's... I don't want to get into how high his standing is in the league, but he's a top five player in the league when he's on. I don't think people really understood that start to the season he had. He had, what, 19 goals in 20 games? Yeah, he's missed 14 games and still has 23 goals in the year. Or 20-something. Uh, 20 he's under 25 still, but uh, barely. He is. Well, I was just about to look at his forecast. I think he's got 23 goals and 23 assists last time I looked, but that was before the last stretch of games. He is at, come on, the hockey news. Let's go. Uh, 24 goals, 25, 23 assists, so 47 points. In 39 games, on pace for 42 goals, 40 assists, 82 points in 68 games. So he's about to post a 40-goal campaign if he stays on this pace after missing a quarter of the season. Missing 12 games. Quarter of the season. 12 games. 14 games. 14 games. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. So nearly a quarter of the season he missed, and he still might finish with 40 goals. He That's came, silly. He had that. He had that brief, also stint where he couldn't score, but he's had thirty-one points in his last twenty-eight games. What was that like? Five games. Yeah, pretty much. It was just when the the whole Leafs team every year, as soon as Matthews doesn't score, like in two straight games, they're like, "Does Matthews suck?" It's funny how when the when Matthews isn't firing on all cylinders, that the Leafs aren't exactly a powerhouse team. Gee. I wonder why why that is. It's not like he's like a superstar player that helps drive your team's success or anything. Yeah, and I mean Matthew scored against uh, Ottawa, but 
he wasn't his line wasn't the catalyst for the offense. Marner and Tavares were doing everything. Yeah, they for the most part they were like all over the place. They were great. Let's be real here, Math Tavares, Marner, and Hyman compared to Matthews, uh, Kapanen, and Marlowe, There's no comparison. Like Matthews, if Matthews had Marner and Hyman on his line, sheesh, they would look it's like great. that. They would look even better. Yeah, Tavares is good. But let's be real here. If Tavares was playing with um, Marlowe and and Kapanen, I don't think they're gonna. He, you're gonna see that line dominate as much as how Tavares is with Marner and Hyman. That's my yeah. opinion. I, um, no. I don't know. It's <sighs> to bring it back to let's bring it back to Mitch because yeah. I think I think what's being lost here is look, Marner. Want, doesn't want to be seen as taking the hometown discount. Now, my issue with that is, why do you want to come out in that position? Why do you want to come out and say that you don't want to do what you can to help the team? Because now, Marner's agent had to go back on the radio a <laughs> day later and basically kiss kiss and try to make the pretty much try to uh repair the his he just had to do a backpedaling tour on toronto radio yesterday and and let's be real here we know why that is it's not because he wanted to do it it's because somebody told him either marner or his father pull your head out of your ass stop saying shit like that in the media yeah um and he said himself (laughs) that was that was one of the best tweets was darren ferris said you can't run a negotiation through the media said darren ferris after trying to run a negotiation through the media was one of the tweets. Now he said the Leafs lowballed him in the summer. Now. So the, the whole confusion was Ferris was saying that this conversation, I think with the, the confusion was people thought that conversation took place in the summer. It didn't, it took place right after the Matthews signing, but Ferris was referring to the summer. So Ferris really screwed up and not saying, you know, in the summer when we were negotiating, they didn't really give us the deal. We felt lowballed. Don't say the Leafs lowballed you. Because guess what? The Leafs probably didn't lowball you. The Leafs probably just didn't offer what you wa- were looking for. That's lowball in your site. But in the Leafs site, I guarantee it wasn't a lowball offer. No, it was probably, I mean, it's negotiation. It's the same thing we were talking about with Nylander. Yeah. You come with your number. The Leafs come with their number. You figure out a good result. Oh, the the best thing about that. So I just one other thing. Do you think the Leafs would want it to get out there to say that they lowballed Mitch Marner? No, absolutely not. What that would look terrible on Kyle Dubas. And it's funny uh, the thing you brought about negotiation. I loved when Brian Burke said he doesn't think Kyle Dubas is actually negotiating and he's just basically giving a blank check. It's like Brian, shut uh, up, Brian. You are great entertainment, but to say that when you gave Mike Komisarek four and a half million four season. and a half million over five, what four or five years was it five years? Uh, five year, yeah. Because this is one of his first contracts. When you traded, you were the one that traded two first round picks and a second round pick for Phil Kessel. Did you actually negotiate that deal, or did Boston say this is what we want, and you basically said fine? Okay. Give me <laughs> a break. 
This is probably the hardest negotiation I have ever seen a GM had to go through. To Brian Ferris. Burke is the only reason Peter Shirelli is still a GM. <laughs> or was still a GM. No, I just think Peter Shirelli winning a cup was the reason why Peter Shirelli oh, well, was still absolutely. a GM. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, they looked at it and went, hey, this guy got <laughs> two first and a second for Phil Kessel. Well, And that turned into Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton. Was that Peter Shirelli that made that deal? I would think so. Um, Hold on. Cause... He was the GM in, what, 2009? It was 2009 they got Kessel, right? If it wasn't, then, I mean, I'm just giving Shirley credit for nothing. And I shouldn't be giving Shirley credit for anything in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I was about to say, He's before terrible. we start giving credit to anyone, uh, Kessel was traded in 2009. 2009, Boston. Yeah, this, uh, it's just, I don't, Brian Burke is great entertainment, but okay, you were... it's, it's it's like Dave Poulin on TSN. And it's like, you were fired by the Leafs. I don't really trust your takes on hockey if you're uh, doing a studio job instead of actually being a hockey executive yeah so it was peter shirelli so yes you can give him credit for that one because the only the only thing brian burke like you i don't think you're in tv for the paycheck you're telling me you think you no, being an on-air not. personality on sportsnet's going to get you more money than being in an nhl front office probably not not a, not a chance he's doing it because he gets to he get. I say well, he can just say whatever he wants about anybody. I mean, it's Brian Burke. He has no reason to be a GM anymore or be an executive. Yeah. He's also just... He has a outdated thought on the game. He has... So, yeah, he has his... You know, NHL front office wants somebody that still wants Colton or and Fraser McLaren to play on a team every night. Yeah, that's true. So, so. Um, yeah, that's just, that's just my thought. Look, look. Marner should get... I say about nine and a half to ten million. Sure. Um, because as good as he is, he's still a winger, so he needs other players around. Like he's Nikita Kucherov, and I'm saying he's Nikita Kucherov. Full well knowing that Nikita Kucherov is so much better. No offense to Marner, Kucherov is on another level right now. Like Kucherov is better than Marner. Kucherov, I'll just say it. Just say it. like he's better than Marner, and he's getting paid nine and a half. You know why he's getting paid nine and a half? Well, I think part of it, the tax situation in Florida. People are saying that's not as big of a deal. It is a big deal. Yep. He wants to stay in Florida because he likes it there, and they paid him more. Like and they, Tampa Bay is a pretty okay hockey team. Yeah. So why would you not take a little less money to win a Stanley Cup? The the Kucherov deal and Kucherov is still a winger, so he still needs guys around him. But Kucherov is still good enough that nine and a half, I think, is a gross underpayment. I don't know how. Tampa no, he could have gotten. He could have asked for Matthews McDavid money easily. He could have asked for at least eleven, and I would still think that's. A he had a hundred points last season in a contract year. So I I don't know how he Tampa is able bent to do it. Tampa Bay over for a contract. I don't know how Tampa is able. I think it's because Tampa tells them, look, we need to get Vasilevsky signed. Oh, absolutely. Braden Point signed. We've got guys we got to sign. So if you want to take a bigger piece of the pie, these guys won't say goodbye to what makes us a good team. I still the, think they're going to have – Steve Eiserman's a goddamn wizard. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Now he's not uh, there anymore. So. All the contracts he's signed, just ridiculous. Stamkos, Hedman, Kucherov, all under $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> I still think Stamkos 
wasn't worth what the Leafs were going to be offering him. So I'm glad that didn't happen because no, he's they would have offered him over ten and a half. That's what the at the time, which would have been what three years ago. It was Matthews' draft, right? So 2016. Yeah, so three years ago. So look, people, you've got Austin Matthews signed. You've got enough money. I think you'll get Marner done. It is now up to well, this. Well, we'll get Marner done. All three parties, him, his agent, and the Leafs have said he's going to be a lifetime Leaf. Yeah, like I don't think otherwise. Like it's, it's getting done. It's just a matter of getting to a number that both parties are happy with. Same with Nylander. Except Mitch won't get slagged through the media every day because he's a terrible teammate because he wants more money. Um, it's the same situation as Nylander, which is what pisses me off. It's because he's Canadian. It's all... He deserves the money. He's not a bad teammate because he wants more money. But Nylander it's because, just gets. And it's because they play a different style of game. Like, let's be real here. Is Nylander the... Nylander it doesn't have the same tenacity that Marner has. But the skill he brings. Like, you, I don't think people realize how important Nylander has been the last couple of, like, few games. He's had... I don't know what his point total was last game. It was probably he had an assist for sure. I know that. He had a so that would put him at six points in his last five games, give or take uh, four games. Let me look at his games. It's pretty now. good. It's a pretty good stretch. It's you know what like and I, Doug McLean was so right. Like it, it seems like the Leafs didn't really gain as much from the from Nylander's whole deal. Like, do we think? The, oh, he didn't. He didn't. How did he not have a point last game? I thought he did. I thought he had an assist on one of the goals. I was might have been wrong. Uh, he had two points against Anaheim, three points. Against, like, look, it's coming together. You can see his game is coming back. If you just watch the last game, he's he's doing laps around the offensive zone. That's scary for other teams when he starts doing that because he wasn't doing that up until probably he, last week. Let's be real. He's more of a perimeter player. He likes playing on the edges like – he, yeah, well, that's just European players in general are better on the perimeter because they can make guys miss and with speed and with skill. And he wants the other guys to drive it to the net, and he'll set them up. Like, that's his that's his style. That's why you have the Michael Furlins of the world. For when Nylander, if he doesn't walk through the entire team, then you have a guy to clean it up. So Canadians are very good at mucking up in the paint. We know that. Let's, uh, let's, let's shift gears a little bit because the Leafs apparently are still scouting. Um, oh. Whether that's scouting for a trade at the trade deadline or if that's for the off season, I think either one are an option. We we even talked to CJ like any deal now salary has to go the other way, and we know what salary that's going to be. It's going to be Nikita Zaitsev's salary. Like I don't see the Leafs trading anyone. Like I know I know a lot of people are like oh how much you want to trade off the team, and if you trade Nikita Zaitsev, are the Leafs the, even getting him off the roster at this point might seem like. A positive rather than negative. I would scratch him at this point. I was done with him when he was a minus one and a six one win against Anaheim. Oh, I was done with him at when. Uh... Oh, most people have been done with him for a while. That was the final straw for me. It's like I don't even use plus minus because it's a weird stat. <laughs> it's a dumb stat. How the hell are you a minus one in a game where your team scored five more goals than the other team? Yeah, not a good look. And look, That's I understand. I think that this is the Leafs. I think Babcock, the Leafs got a little too carried away with what they thought Zaitsev's role could be. They thought he could be the shutdown guy. 
he's not a guy you can just throw in the defensive zone and just and, and abuse. He's not a Hainsey. He's he had a guy 30, that, 36 points in his first season. He played first pair of minutes and didn't look super out of place. And That's he was your getting problem. power play time. He was getting offensive zone time. He, If you're relying on him, just like that was just a total... I think mean, it's, it's a total miscast of what he actually is. I think this... I think Babcock has a bit of blame to this, I think. But I think it has more to... You sign the $4.5 million, the expectation is that you're going to be able to play this role, and he's just not able to do it. I think there's there should be some sympathy for the fact that I think his situa- his uh, role is being miscasted. And the only way it's going to change is if you take away that option. So either you put Hainsey in that spot, which I know people don't want, or you trade for someone that can do can do it. And I think yeah. Carolina, I don't think it's Dougie Hamilton because I don't think the Leafs have the assets right now unless they dip into next year's first-round pick or they – trade Nylander, and I don't think they're going to do that. I sure hope they don't do that. I'm thinking it could be Brett Pesci, if they're going to look at a defenseman off Carolina right now. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, I mean, it's not a big of a deal. Like, who's really been complaining about Ron Hainsey since he moved down to the third pairing? I haven't. I haven't either. That's where he should be. He's a good veteran presence as a third liner. And with a guy like Dermot, who's good at pressuring the puck and has speed, I mean, that's not a bad pairing. No, it's it's a good third pairing when they can play some sheltered minutes. Like, look, and and some people think, oh, Dermot should get more time. I'm like, let's 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 let the guy develop at a pace that he can be comfortable with. If you throw too much at him, you're gonna turn. You're gonna. I've seen the Leafs. Luke Shen still bothers me to this day because there was there was promise with Luke Shen, but the Leafs got too eager, put through too much at him, and it ruined his career. Let's be real here. Luke Shen, his career got ruined by the Leafs, and then and then the Philadelphia Flyers. But it also ruined. got ruined because he just wasn't very fast in an no. ever developing. He should have been. He should have been playing against. He was a worse skater than Gautier, I would say. Yeah, and the Leafs and the Leafs Which did, is a problem. But in the those days the Leafs didn't develop those skills properly. Like they didn't have a Barb Underhill to work on his skating or anything. And Luke yep. could have I think Luke could have changed that. I know he's a very smart hockey guy. Like hockey was is in that family's DNA. These guys are hockey nuts. I think they could have it, it's a shame that it didn't work out. Um, but I don't want to see Dermot or Lilligren or Sandine or Sandin. I don't know how people are saying it now. I don't want, I don't want people to push these guys before they're ready. Don't do it. This is the critical part of keeping this Leafs team, Leafs like this whole thing sustainable is that your guys are able to step in when they're ready to. That's my thought process on that. Um, Saturday night, the Leafs are going to be playing a very, very important game, in my opinion. If they lose to Montreal, you give the Canadians a lot of confidence that, A, in the playoffs that they meet, 
we played the Leafs to a close game. We lost in overtime because John Tavares is unreal. Um, or was it Martin Matthews? That's Matthews, yeah. But Tavares was also unreal in that game. They already have the confidence, though. It's not like we have to beat the Leafs to prove they ourselves. But, they pushed them to overtime in the first game of the season. But if you beat the Leafs, that's another. They they know oh, absolutely. It in their head. And they still have two more chances to do it. They're going to beat the Leafs. The Leafs aren't sweeping the season series. There's a chance, but I've seen the Leafs destroy Montreal, Montreal too. So I'm I'm hoping, but this is also Montreal where Carey Price was not very good, and they were lost. This team is far and away better now. They've tied the season series with Detroit. They've already lost one to Ottawa, like almost lost two to Ottawa. Yep, almost lost two. So I I don't think Montreal comes out of the season without a win against the Leafs. I think I would be cool if they did, didn't rather. I can. I think the Montreal would. I think the Leafs can beat Montreal. Montreal. There's just something about it. I think if they could. Montreal could pick up a win in Toronto. That's why. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm not ruling it out. I just think the Leafs. I have a hard time seeing the Leafs losing this game. If the only... if the Leafs play Montreal, um, like they... like they played Ottawa and Detroit. It's going to be a mess. If they play them like they played Pittsburgh last week, I don't give They're going to run them out of the building. I think Montreal, unless Carey Price... This is my thing. If Carey Price isn't able to stand on his head, I give Montreal no chance. I just don't think the offense is enough. Well, it's basically been Montreal for a while. If Carey Price doesn't stand on his head, Montreal has a rough time. Because they, especially without Pacioretty now, they don't really have that premier goal scorer. They have a bunch of guys that chip in Domi and and drew in and the rest of them. But there's no guy that I'm like super afraid of to score on that team anymore. No, I don't all respect to Montreal. I mean, it is what it is, but Uh, a pure goal scorer is hard to come by in the NHL. Yeah. It, they thought, you know, bringing Joanne, Joanne is like a, you know, a playmaker. He's good. He's yeah. good. That's what I'm saying. They guy. have a lot of very good playmakers that can do both fast and score. The they don't have that like line A or Pacioretty or a guy that you're really worried about potting on you. Ovechkin. Yeah, I, I'm. That that's probably what Montreal should be looking at acquiring. But they've already said that they don't want to be trading. I don't know if the shoot the tune has changed in that regard. <laughs> I think there'll be some pressure. Mark Bergevin's very good at changing his tune immediately after saying um, something. I think Jeff Molson, the owner, is very good at changing uh, Bergevin's, Bergevin's mind for him. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's how it will happen. But I, it's. I think this is gonna. This is the most intriguing game um, of the season for the Leafs, in my opinion. I think seeing how they... this this weekend is going to be very interesting because New York's. I mean, they're there. They're a good team. Hey, still. they beat Boston. They beat Boston, and in, the last time they played the Leafs, I mean, that wasn't. I don't think it was close. It wasn't pretty. It was probably a two or three a, goal game. It was not a good game by the Leafs. I remember. But that. they also were playing their backup Gorgiev. They weren't playing Hank. I don't. I, I don't know if New York is going to be coming off a of back to back. That's the thing. That's something to keep an eye on. For probably. Sure. I wouldn't. No, actually, I think New York's playing tonight. I think they're playing against. I think they're the only team playing with uh, Carolina tonight. Yep, they're playing Carolina tonight, so they'll be. Oh, great. They'll be nice and well-rested for when they play Toronto. That's fine. I mean, um, 
it, it will be yes i think it will be interesting uh this month i think the least have a six game road trip coming up too so nice. this le- we're gonna find out very easily what this leafs team is gonna be i'm just, oh yeah the western road trip's coming up right uh yes i think they have like st louis the western canadian teams like yeah. that that pocket i think they have that coming up okay well, the Leafs apparently the Leafs' strength of schedule is in their favor from now until the end of the season. So. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I posted in our chat is they have the second easiest schedule, which is a little frightening if they don't stomp on teams. Like if it's games like Detroit and Ottawa, I'm really concerned that they have the worst schedule or the second easiest schedule in the league. Because well, we if they don't show up for those games, they're gonna get. We know they're done with Detroit, so that that they're <laughs> luckily for the Leafs, they don't have to play Detroit anymore. Oh, thank God! That is the easily the worst hockey in the NHL, Detroit style. Um, I know that they still have two at home against Tampa. They have um, they're done their Florida games in Florida, and the Panthers. I think they're done with them. We still have to play Buffalo twice, right? Buffalo twice, once, tw- no, uh, three times. Once in Buffalo, twice in Toronto. Right, we only played the one in Toronto. Uh, three or more, Buffalo, rather. Three more against Montreal. Yeah, that's the, we asked CJ about that. It's just so dumb how they do this, the schedule. I think they still have to play the Islanders, which will be fun. Yeah, that'll be, oh, that's coming up February to something or other, isn't it? Uh, end of February is twenty eighth. Yeah. Right, and that's um, in I and uh, is it? Are they playing in Nassau or are they playing at Barclays? Nice Nassau, I think. That's gonna um, be pretty loud. <laughs> so there'll be the Islanders. They play. They have to play New York again. I think I don't know if they play New York again. Um, Carolina at home. I think they have to play. Like they have, there's a lot. There's going to be some easier game. There should be some easier games, but these could are, be. they could be trap games too. So, those will be things to watch for. Uh, with that being said, we will leave it there because I think we got through everything we needed to get through. Um, we were I, the Raptors stuff. Um, that was interesting. I'm. I, I think there's. I think it's better to talk about everything once the buyout stuff is done, but. Uh, a lot of changes. I was very surprised of how much went out versus what was brought in. So uh, that was just my quick thought on the Raptors. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to add. Uh, go Raptors. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't watch enough basketball you gotta, you to really pick... have a good opinion on that trade. I just know Mark Gasol's a name. And I think you got to uh, work on your Spanish a little bit so we can have uh, mm-hmm. espanol. I don't know. Fair. But uh, we will leave it at that. Enjoy what should be a very fascinating uh, Saturday night. Um, I know I'll be working, so as will I. We will we will be right entrenched in that. Until next time, uh, we will see. We'll try to do it around the same time next week. We try to we try to be consistent. Although whether it's consistently good or bad is up to you to decide. But um, if we, it's with me, it's consistently bad. But. <laughs> We do our best, but uh, we we appreciate your support, guys. Uh, you can, f- if you want any more looks at the Raptors stuff, Tip of the Tower has pretty much become Raptors Central the last couple days, which uh, has not been said a lot in the past. Yeah. 
Um, we will get some more Leafs content up uh, probably for tomorrow morning, looking at the Saturday night matchup. And we have a nice Wayne Simmons article if you want to look at that on the site. And, uh, yeah, you guys, thank you for uh, for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.